Then a man from the country of Samaria came by. He went up to the man. As he saw him, he had loving pity on him. He got down and put oil and wine on the places where he was hurt and put cloth around them. Then the man from Samaria put this man on his own donkey. He took him to a place where people stay for the night and cared for him. The next day, the man from Samaria was ready to leave. He gave the owner of the place two pieces of money to care for him. He said to him, take care of this man. If you use more than this, I will give it to you when I come again. Which of these three do you think was neighbor to the man who was beaten by the robbers? The man who knew the law said, the one who showed loving pity on him. Then Jesus said, go and do the same. Father, thank you so much for your blessings to us. Thank you that we can have a fun time today. Thank you for each one that's here. We pray blessings on them and the ones that couldn't make it today. We ask, Lord, you'd be with our midst, be with Larry as he delivers a message. Help us that we would have hearts prepared to, to hear what you would have us hear. We ask all these things in the name of your Son, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Russ Carter. Thank you, Russ Carter. We're so blessed to have Russ, and we're blessed to have everybody else, for that matter. So grateful for everybody's participation. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being part of our ministry together. We have a beautiful thing here. We, uh, we call it uh, Grandma's House. We try to make everybody feel comfortable. Do you feel comfortable this morning? Okay, good. We'd like to say thank you for the people who bring the morning uh, refreshments. What do we call that? The hospitality. Thank you for that. And if you want to, you can mute all these other microphones except for, I think this one's yellow. That way we won't have to scream. No, not that one. <laughs> okay. Try the other ones. There we go. Yeah, it's not exactly sure. I think this one's yellow. Is this one's yellow or no? Yeah, yeah, yellow. Okay, so it goes with my pink shirt. So anyway, uh, but do you feel comfortable? We'd like to say thank you for those who brought hospitality. Did anybody bring hospitality today? Oh, well, we've got candy and things back there. And thanks to Tony for making the coffee. And thanks for all of you who bring in supplies and supply the, supply the supply room with things for bathrooms, you know, curtains. That, people who take the... Take the uh, tablecloths home and people who run the vacuum cleaners and do all the things that mow the yard, do all this that keeps this place going. Especially a big, huge thank you to the people who support the ministry financially because it takes a lot of money, you know, to, to have a ministry and to pay the rent and pay the utilities. And we've been uh, looking carefully at what we need to have in terms of our uh, contributions each month and where we are in our finances. So if you can find it in your heart to make a contribution to the Lord's work here at Friends and Family. We'd really appreciate that very much. So let's see uh, this story. I, I tell you what, sometimes, you know, you can't sleep or you sleep and you're waking up all the time. And all night long, I was just waking up thinking about this morning's message, thinking about right now. And I thought there's so many things that I'd like to say, 
but I don't want to uh, say them all because it would take too long to say them, so I've got to condense this down. Let me think uh, for a moment with you about our Mother's Day celebration. And I think of my own mother, and of course right now you're thinking of your mother. And uh, just wondering how many of you uh, have mothers that are living, just lift a hand, okay? Okay, and how many of you have mothers who've passed, lift a hand, okay? So just about an equal number of people on both sides of that. Years ago, we used to have on Mother's Day, they would have a, a white flower for the mother who passed and a red flower for the mother who was living. Remember that, Pat? Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's kind of a nice tradition. I think uh, today we've, we've done something a little different with our silly <laughs> necklaces and wristbands and crazy hats. But... You know, it's all fun. I remember in the case of my mother, and I'm sure you do too with your own, that the fun things you've done together and the happy times you've had together. Just celebrate them and uh, thank God for the loving care of uh, loving mothers. And you know, there's always that exception to the rule. You know, there are those who have unfortunately not had such a loving mother, such a supportive and caring and nurturing person to be their mother. They, they may, their mother may have abandoned them. Their mother may have been abusive to them. And for any who are suffering from that, we offer to you our sympathy and our prayers and our love. There is a verse in the Bible that says, when my mother and my father forsake me, the Lord will lift me up. The Lord will lift me up. So there is that wonderful comfort that comes to us from the Lord's love. The love of a mother hen, as Jesus expressed it. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered you unto myself as a mother hen would gather her chicks. And that is a, an imagery of God, you see, that uh, connotes the female gender. And so for that, uh, we include those, those scriptures of that thought for this morning. So again, happy Mother's Day. God bless each of you who are mothers, those of you who are mothers to children that perhaps are not biological descendants of yours, but for, for you, they are, you are a mother image for them. And may God bless all women today, and uh, both here and everywhere. Well, this story has awakened in me, uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, one of the hardest things to do is to uh, talk about something that's been heard many times before. Now, just uh, let me just ask a question. How many of you have ever heard the story of the Good Samaritan? Just lift a hand, okay? Anybody here who've never heard about the Good Samaritan before? See, everybody has heard about him, which puts a lot of pressure on me because as the speaker, I, what am I going to say about him or this situation or this story that you haven't already heard a hundred times? In, all, in other words, you could almost say, well, I already know what you're going to say, so would you please hurry up and get it said so we can get home. I've got, I got things to do. I've got to eat lunch. And so I'm going to just use the story as a frame of reference and talk about some other things. Is that okay? Okay. I thought about this month what we are focused on. We are focused on helping people. Now, you remember the purposes of the church. We, we describe them as fellowship, worship, outreach, growth, and service. And I've been doing some thinking about this. And as I list that list, we go through them. It sounds so 
academic. It sounds so heady, so intellectual, if you will, when we talk about fellowship. Well, we don't even use the word fellowship. What are we actually saying? We're, we're talking about being friends. Friends, that's what, that's what fellowship is. And worship, what is worship? Worship is just praising God and engaging in loving adoration in prayer or in song and just lifting your heart and your spirit to the Lord. Praise. So praise. Friendship instead of fellowship. Praise instead of worship. Say fellowship, worship, outreach. How about uh, reaching out or just encouraging other people to come? Inviting. I think that would be my word instead of outreach. Let's use the word inviting. Fellowship, outreach, growth. Growth would be like learning and developing and moving forward in understanding, gaining understanding. It's activity. It's, it's not growth. You know, growth is so alien and foreign and difficult to define and a little abstract. But learning and understanding and studying and having insight, that sounds a whole lot more interesting to me than growth, okay? So what it is we're doing. And finally, the last one, service. And I thought about, I want to talk about service this month. Does anybody want to hear more talk about service? It kind of gives me a headache, to be perfectly honest with you. But I do think that we have something wonderful we could do if we were to help each other. Or if we were to help other people, which is what service is, helping someone. And I, I think, too, about our ministry, and, you know, I, I'd like for us to have, like, 3,000 people here this morning. You think I would dress any differently or have a different hairstyle? I hope not. <laughs> Uh, but if we had 3,000 people here to see my natural colored hair, that I returned to green, as you know, to my natural color. But anyway, I would be so thrilled with that and so happy for that because the gospel message needs to be heard by people, regardless of how few or how many there are. The message is always the same. But we don't have 3,000 people here today. So we have to be willing to minister to the people that we have opportunity to minister to. If God thought we could control or handle or be trusted with 3,000 people, he would give it to us. In my view, this is as much as God can trust us with. But since he has entrusted us with each other in this small congregation, we therefore have a responsibility. And Jesus said, if you are faithful, in small things, if you're faithful with a few things, maybe you'll be trusted with bigger things. One of my friends, Bud Donaldson, years ago said, yeah, we're little, but we're clean, you know. <laughs> we don't want to be big and dirty, you know. <laughs> and Bud said, well, what's wrong with being big and clean? <laughs> that is so funny. Anyway, uh, yes, exactly. When we, uh, you had to know Bud Donaldson to appreciate that. He was hilarious and a wonderful man and a powerful influence in my life for the Lord. As a matter of fact, if it wasn't for Bud Donaldson, I probably wouldn't be here today. Literally. I would not be in the ministry if it weren't for him. 
So I give him a lot of uh, credit for his witness in my life. But if I think about helping other people, that general theme of helping, it's couched in that story that we just read and all that was a conversation that Jesus had with the religious. Remember there were the religious authorities and they were questioning Jesus and they were probing him with, with questions, trying to catch him in some kind of a misstatement so they could use it against him. You ever have people say, now just what do you people believe about so-and-so or such-and-such? You know, what is your doctrine on this and on that? You know, and I think, please, give me a break. I don't have time to be argumentative about this. What we have to say about all of this is that God loves you and we love you too. What, what else is there, right? You have to get to the real serious stuff and forget about which direction you face when you baptize people and silly things like that. <laughs> is that uh, a lot of mumbo jumbo goes on in religion, you may have noticed. So what do we do? We strip away all this uh, paraphernalia and all this extraneous banter and all this nonsense. And we wind up with something actually very beautiful. And it's a beautiful story. And it's a story that is very simple. It says simply this, God loves you. He really does. Jesus died to pay for your sins on the cross. And not only that, God loves you and we love you too. So this is the story of friends and family. Well, this is the story of the gospel. And there's a lot that can distract from it, but basically that's all what it boils down to. And you know, we have on good authority that Jesus said, look, if you take care of these things, everything else will fall into place. You will be well served to remember the great commandments and observe them. And if you observe them, then you will have done everything you should do. That is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. If you do those two things, that's all he asks. Plus, being a person who has utter faith and trust in the salvation that comes only through Jesus Christ. So here we are, focused on this purpose of Christ, which is to help other people. We focus on this purpose, helping others. That's our focus this month. And we look at this passage of scripture and we see these religious people fussing and arguing and fighting about what's right and what's wrong and what doctrine to believe in, what fellowship to participate in, what mountain to worship in. And they have got all these issues that are just driving their religion. And so Jesus tries to break through this encrusted nonsense, this maddening doctrine that makes them separate from each other and causes them to look down on others and causes them to be competitive with each other and despise and hold in contempt people who are different than they are and people who don't fall in line with their belief. He thinks to himself, what can I tell them? What kind of a story could I possibly give them that will help them to understand that this hasn't got anything to do with the reality that I've come to bring? God himself would like to break through all this encrusted religion and actually bring a message that would make a difference in lives and would be the core of, of the message of God to the world. And so he tells them this story 
No, it's a hypothetical story, but it is a great story. And he said, you know, I want to talk to you religious people who are so worried about all the minutia and all the fine print and all the picky unish little jots and tittles of the law. There was a man who was walking down the road and he was attacked by robbers and he was thrown in the ditch and two of the religious, the most religious, came by and they saw him and they passed him by. But a non-religious man, a man who would not ascribe to your doctrines, a man who you would consider an absolute reprobate, you would consider him a worthless piece of slime, came by. And this non-religious man, this man who would never, ever pass the test that you have for him in terms of his accountability to God, uh, who would not have any clue about the proper understanding of the law, who would never observe the proper festivals or the days of observance. This ne'er-do-well, this good-for-nothing piece of humanity, this sinner, if you will, this disgusting, contemptible half-breed, the Samaritan, this, oh, I can't even stand to think about these people. They're so irritating. He came by, and he saw this man in the ditch, and he said, oh, my goodness, what happened? And he goes over, and he looks at him, he says, oh boy, this guy needs help. And so he gets on his, gets out of his pack, on his donkey, and he, I think he was right, was he riding a donkey? It was something, he had something, he, I believe he did. I don't know, we have to read the fine print, but put some oil and some wine on here and fix him all up, put some bandages on him, get him, rub his brow. Oh, I'm so sorry, what happened? Oh, these people knocked me down. These people took my money and Oh, it's so sad. Well, listen, my friend, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to put you on my donkey. He does have a donkey, right? Yeah. Okay, just be sure. I'm going to put you on my donkey. <laughs> yeah, it just it, it's got to be that way, you know, just for the story. It's got to be right, because I, why would I be saying it otherwise, right? Anyway, here he is on the donkey, carries him back to the, <clears throat> what's he taking him to? Uh, is he going to the Super 8? No, he takes him to the Hilton. <laughs> takes him to, the, to a nice place, you know. And he puts him up for the night and he tells the innkeeper, look, take care of him. And he took care of this man. He had compassion on him. He put him in, the, in a nice place, a safe place. And gave him food and tended to his injuries. And he told the innkeeper, look, I'll uh, be back through here in a few days. And if there's anything else that he needs, I'd like for you to Meet those needs, and I will pay you for anything you incur, any expense. And so Jesus tells this story. It's not a true story. It didn't actually happen. It's a story. And it's a story for a reason, a story to make a point. Okay? Well, what is the point? The point is being religious is not what this is about. Amen. Helping people is what this is about. Loving people is what this is about. 
raising them up, lifting them up, not condemning them, not judging them, not passing by them because you're too busy on your way to a prayer meeting. Oh, these are big league guys passing by here. We're going to Jerusalem. We're having a convention on how to win souls. We can't be bothered with a fella in a ditch, especially a half-breed guy like that. No. Jesus said this story, the point of this story is because you've got to learn what really matters is, is helping other people. And so when I look at Friends and Family's ministry, I just think about it in that simple way. Our business is to help people. Our business is to try to encourage other people, to encourage you, to love you, to help you, to inspire you, to lift you up, to tell you that you are valuable, to tell you that you're needed, that we want you and we, we appreciate you and that you're important to us and important to God. And it's amazing to me how rare that is in this culture and in this society in which we live, this me-only generation that seems to be all around us, this world that's passing us by, one of the loneliest places in all the world is on a busy street in a big city. It's utter isolation. While we want to connect and be connected, we are constantly unable to have conversations because we're texting or we're checking our email or we're looking at our Facebook and we forget about the person sitting across the table from us. It's kind of a weird situation we are in here. Not to be critical of it, but just to tell you that people get very lonely living in an artificial technological world. And what you really need is some arms around you, someone's voice tenderly saying, we love you, we care for you, you're an important person, you're a beautiful person, thank God for you, you have so many gifts, you're so important to us. Many people love you, many people aspire to be like you, many people are inspired by you. When you walk in the room, everyone smiles because they're so glad to see you. And I will say for each of you who are here today, that would be true for every single one of you. See, our business is to help each other, to believe in each other, to encourage each other, to overlook one another's flaws and faults and failures. We all have them. All of us have them. Some are known, some are unknown, but they're all there. You know, Steve Jobs had he didn't start out to be a millionaire. He just started out to try to help people have a better way to communicate. He walked into his garage one day and his buddy was in the garage tinkering with a bunch of circuits and stuff and he came up with this little thing that they called a computer. You know, Microsoft was born in those days. Anybody remember the early days of computers? Anybody ever have a Apple IIe? <laughs> lift ahead. Anybody have a Commodore 64? <laughs> yeah, go Commodore. Guess what? I still have a Commodore 64 and things still lights up. I tell you what, we got to fire that sucker up, see if it'll still go. I could run speed script on there and maybe play a little Pong or whatever that was. Yeah, that would be perfect. We got to do that. But they invented these things. Why? To help people. 
Think about that. Why do people stand in line for two or three days in order to get the last version of the iPhone, the latest version? Because they know that that iPhone is going to help them. It's going to help them in a lot of different ways. You ever think about all the things that a smartphone can do that you no longer have to have? I've got a whole drawer full of stuff. I've got a stopwatch. I've got a cassette recorder. I've got a data calendar. <laughs> I've got two or three cameras. I got a whole drawer full of about 25 or 30 things in it. I don't need any more because I have this thing. It helps me. And it's so popular because it helps people. Henry Ford was the first to mass produce the automobile. And why? Because people need help getting places. And years ago, we had the horse and we had the buggy, and that's how we got places. Now, we have the automobile. And the automobile is very popular because it helps us. I want us to think for a moment as we close this service in this message time about this. What needs does someone around us have that we could help them with? Who do you know that you could help? Now you say, well, I don't want to help this person because every time I try to help somebody, they always take advantage of me. They always, you know, and for what? You know, I, I mean, I, I loaned a guy a motorcycle once. He wrecked it. Yeah, it was about the end of the story, you know. It was like, okay, <laughs> sorry about that. And I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't loan my motorcycle to people <laughs> hereafter. And you go, guess what? I haven't done that since then. <laughs> you know, it's like, you try and you help and you do and like we invited a guy named Gordon to come into our home and stay with us uh, mom did he stayed for months and months and sponged off of my poor widow mother and us four kids we were starving to death and here's Gordon eating, eating at the table that's before the days of food stamps we never went on welfare you know sometimes you do get burned I know that I know that and you got to be wise, and the serpent's as harmless as doves, and you can't just help everybody, but there's somebody you can help, and I want you to think about who it is, okay? So that's the message. If you want to show your faith, if you want to act out on what you believe, it's just that simple. It's not about big, huge crowds. It's not about programming. It's not about religion it's about helping people and i'd like to ask you to think of somebody that you can help this week and they'll appreciate it and you'll appreciate the opportunity also i would say this it's a big help to me to know all of you and i thank god for each of you so thank you and please pray for me and pray for one another and let's all work together to try to help each other as much as we can. There are some real needs out there, and we will be focused on those. And if you have needs, let us know what they are, because we do want to help. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, this is the Word of God.
there's a verse in the Bible that says, uh, we read it last week. Have this mind in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who though he was God, became a servant.
which was in Christ, for he was God. translate the gospel into action. Here's a song that uh, Casting Crowns put together a few years ago called If We Are the Body. And it's about going to church on Sunday morning and who you run into there. Let's just take a listen and sing along if you will. If we are the body, where is our treaty? 
Amen. Amen.